What the Tech Africa podcast powered by Africa Tech Radio. This is What the Tech Africa on which we inform you on what's going on in tech across the continent of Africa and talk about tropical tech headlines. If this is your first time listening, thanks a lot. And I'd advise you to check out previous clips of this podcast because frankly, you don't need to miss any episode. We've got tech fire every week. What the Tech Africa is brought to you by Africa Tech Radio and I drive the conversation. I am Jessica Fortunes. If you've got any comments or want to reach out to us, please do via WhatsApp on 0913-558-1766 or go through email, which is podcast at africatechradio.com. I'll be looking forward to your message. In the world today, the word crypto is as popular as pounds and dollar and even more popular than rands and naira. <laughs> Crypto is not only common, but also generating a lot of headlines. So today on What The Tech Africa, we are focused on the future of cryptocurrencies in Africa. The crypto industry as a whole has seen a momentous year of growth, heavily spurred by the entrance of institutional investors adopting Bitcoin and African tech enthusiasts are not far behind. For now, it serves mainly for investment purposes, but can it disrupt financial institutions to become the future of money? Is crypto the future of money? To discuss this with me today is CEO Bitnob, which is a Nigerian cryptocurrency startup that lets you buy, save, and invest in Bitcoin. Here with me is Bernard Para. Hello, Bernard. Hello, Jessica. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Mm-hmm. So... Let's start with you telling me about what you do at Bitnob and why it is important. Yeah, so um, what we do at Bitnob is, you know, help people around Africa to save, invest, you know, and even take loans using their Bitcoin as uh, collateral, right? We lower the barrier for people to get into the whole crypto space. Uh, by allowing them to start with as little as, you know, 500 Naira um, and using a method that they do not have to worry about the down uptrends or downtrends in the market where they just think of Bitcoin as kind of a savings account. So that is what we're doing. And it's really important to us because uh, I believe Africa missed the earliest part of the internet age, right? Mm. And this is another industrial revolution, a change in how money works, in how finance works, right? And we cannot afford to miss this revolution. Asia has caught up, Europe has caught up, North America has caught up. And fortunately for us this time, uh, Africa has a chance to also you know, ride the wave of this from the onset. So it's important for us that Africans don't miss this great uh, economic opportunity. So that's why we do what we're doing at Bitnob. Amazing, amazing. Talking about evolution, talking about the fact that we are one of the best people is making me so excited for Africa. But then there seems to be a lot of buzz around the word cryptocurrency among tech people. You know, everybody in tech is talking about crypto. I mean, I feel like (laughs) tech Twitter right now is crypto, talking about this, talking about that. But if you were to describe cryptocurrency to a newbie, what would you say it is? Yeah, so the way I like to describe it to newbies is um, just think about it. When you walk to a shop 
to a shop on your street to say buy a loaf of bread, right? You are able to say you have 500 naira and you're buying a loaf of bread for 500 naira and you pay that shop owner. At the time of that transaction, it's just you and the shop owner who knows what went on, right? Um, someone can see that you actually bought a loaf of bread and left that shop, but they do not know how much that bread cost. And even if they know that it cost 500 naira, they do not know how you paid that person. If it's maybe 300 naira plus 200 naira or a 500 naira note or a 1000 naira note or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Now that is what we call peer-to-peer -peer form of transaction. Now, when you come online, it's a bit different. When I buy something from you and I'm making payment to you, it has to go through a bank, right? Sometimes multiple financial institutions. Now, these people are third parties and they can decide to, you know, ensure that, to, like, they can decide to not uh, process that transaction, correct? We've mm -hmm. had times where you make payment to someone and, you know, kind of they tell that the payment is hanging or it was reversed and it didn't go through and whatnot, and you're kind of stranded. You are dependent on the bank. Now, the bank can increase their charges at any time and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when you think about how money works, when you extend it to, say, you're trying to send money to the U.S. or someone from the U.S. trying to send money back to Nigeria, you know what it takes to do all of that, right? And how much uh, it costs to do all of that. Now, what cryptocurrencies have done, starting with Bitcoin, is to bring the kind of transaction that you and that shop owner were able to do offline right what we call a peer-to-peer -peer kind of transaction without any kind of intermediary now historically people have never been able to do that thing online until bitcoin came and subsequently other cryptocurrencies that allows i bernard in lagos nigeria and john in you know washington dc to transact you know instantly almost instantly without having to go through a third party so bitcoin is you know a revolution of money that just brings the whole concept of cash peer-to-peer -peer cash transactions offline uh you know to the online marketplace wow thank you very much for breaking it down i mean people on twitter have been making it look like <laughs> it's only the advanced people <laughs> and other people up there that can do it you know <laughs> so thank you very much now i feel a little yeah. bit more informed thank you very yeah. much so okay. tell us let's Okay, so please give us an overview of the cryptocurrency technology here in Africa, especially when it comes to its adoption and development. Okay, yeah, so um, let me run you down through uh, memory lane. Um, I think the earliest that I know of some people having crypto around Africa, I mean, Bitcoin was like the most popular one back then, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'll kind of focus on Bitcoin. Um, it was around um, 2013, um, and that was kind of like the same year I also got in. Um, I was in Ghana back then, and what was happening was, I don't know if you've heard of things like Liberty Reserves, Perfect Money, E-Gold, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So back then, you know, these were digital forms of cash. These were digital forms of money, right? Digital currencies. But they were not peer-to-peer, -peer, which was what I described that makes cryptocurrencies different from digital currencies. Uh, I think one of the most popular ones was um, Liberty Reserve, right? So uh, it shut down sometime in June or July of um, 2013. Now, some of these people who were doing things like Liberty Reserves, of course, you know, they, they were already receptive to the concept of 
digital currencies, right? Money on the internet that can be exchanged with anyone, anywhere. Uh, you know, a couple of them started, you know, getting to know about Bitcoin and started getting into the Bitcoin space and, you know, kind of started buying, selling, buying, selling just to make, uh, you know, some money off it. Uh, it kind of got started getting popular, not, not popular per se, but within the online community, right? Some places like Neraland as well, if you go, you see some posts from that 2015, 2014, uh, about Bitcoin. Um, now what happened was, Different people trying to trade, different people, not people not even really thinking of building uh, products around Bitcoin, right? Just to make some money off it. Fast forward, you know, a few years later, I say going into 2015, um, started having more exchange platforms, right? More websites selling Bitcoin, you know, the likes of NeraX and whatnot started selling Bitcoin. Um, you know, to more people and it started becoming a, a bit more popular sometime in 2016. Uh, I think that was when we had MMM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I think, yeah, so, so, you know, the funny thing is just to digress a bit, when you think about the internet as well, right? Mm-hmm. In the early years days of the internet, the things that actually made the internet popular were things like porn, uh, gambling and all of those things, things that we see as vices, as societal vices, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's kind of the same thing with Bitcoin. So things like the dark web, dark market, and all of those things, right? And ironically, uh, you know, you have MMM in Nigeria as well, which was a Ponzi scheme, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of popularized Bitcoin. So people were buying Bitcoin just to um, get into MMM. So it kind of picked up space around um, 2016. And then um, 2017, we had a bull market. I think we got into January of 2017 around um, $1,000, between $900 to $1,000. And, mm-hmm. you know, by the end of um, 2017, I mean, we picked at around nineteen dollars to $20,000. Uh, it was a really wild ride. It made, like, you know, people, <laughs> it made Bitcoin like a household um, <laughs> topic. And of course, incidentally, at that point in time as well, you started seeing a rise uh, in um, platforms, more exchanges uh, and brokerages selling Bitcoin, right? So in Nigeria, for example, you saw the likes of um, Bycoins, um, likes of uh, Ogwenik Bitcoin and all of these mm-hmm. guys. There was Tanjalo as well. And, you know, uh, there was BitPesa. BitPesa was there, for, you know, a couple of years earlier, uh, mostly operating out of um, Kenya. But there was Bitpesa as well. And um, of course, Luno has always been there. Luno was like from um, mm. 2013, uh, going into 2015. They were, their name was different. I think it was BitX or something like that mm. <laughs> that they were called. Uh, they've not always been called Luno. Now, when you think about it, you know, we had more developments. We had more, 2017 had more Africans, you know, going to learn more about blockchain technology to see how they can build products. Um, you had the ICO boom and all of that. Some Africans did ICOs, of course. You know, some, mm-hmm. <laughs> some Japan with the monies. Some they are still building whatever they mm-hmm. promised to build four years ago. And um, it's been interesting. So Africa has been catching up. You have the peer-to-peer exchanges like Paxful as well. Local Bitcoins, um, you know, gaining ground. Remitano, uh, mm-hmm. all of them gaming, gaming, gaining ground in Africa. And, um, you know, the whole space... Uh, more liquidity and as, as of today of course you know Paxful does like probably its highest volumes from the likes of nigeria right mm-hmm. so when you fast forward and then going into 2020 of course the pandemic kind of exposed a lot of weaknesses in a lot of um 
uh, with the balance sheet of a lot of countries, right? Mm-hmm. So inflation peaked, um, the U.S. was printing money anyhow, and of course, <laughs> whatever happens to the U.S., uh, kind of when they sneeze, it affects the whole <laughs> world, right? So kind of affected us. But interestingly, you see African companies building products, uh, you know, products that can compete globally, right? Uh, you know, on the blockchain, uh, centralized exchanges, centralized exchanges, uh, products that solve, uh, you know, other issues or uh, challenges using the uh, blockchain technology and all of that. So, you know, when you look at it, that is where we started from. And um, this is where we are now, where you and I, you know, we're able to even come on a podcast or whatever and talk about uh, Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. Or talk about cryptocurrencies, which was something that we didn't have a few years ago. Yeah. So I think uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. I agree with you. I mean, the growth. Yeah. I just started investing like two months ago, a month ago. Welcome, <laughs> so, welcome. Because <laughs> my friends were always talking about to like join crypto. Yeah. Crypto is the way, you know, and always putting that emoji where it's like it's flying up and all of that. I'm like, I don't want to be left behind. <laughs> so, to yeah, the moon, I do agree. To the moon. <laughs> I do agree that it's been developing and I think that Africans are adopting to it. But now let's talk yeah. about the elephant in the room, <laughs> which is sure, the fact that sure. the Central Bank of Nigeria issued a circular in early February warning banks and yeah. financial institutions facilitating mm-hmm. payments for cryptocurrency exchanges be prohibited. So yeah. now how did that affect the industry? Okay, yes, so there's a good and bad. Um, uh, I'll take it from the part of um, the cryptocurrency providers, right? That's the services, the exchanges, and um, of course, from the part of um, the uh, users, that's the customers. So from the perspective of the customers, it just makes things more difficult. So before, it's easy to just kind of just use your card, connect it to whatever platform, and you're able to buy crypto uh, crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it made it more difficult. Uh, for the exchanges, uh, kind of made it more difficult, and at the same time, um, kind of made them to think, uh, uh, you know, it kind of made them all for like anti-fragile, right? So it's like, okay, guys, we can't have just one way to work. We need extra ways to work, right? Mm-hmm. One of them, like P2P. So how do we switch to P2P to ensure that people keep on, uh, you know, transacting and all of that? So for exchange, it's kind of slow things a bit down because, uh, you know, a lot of users when it is to P2P, yes, mm-hmm. now you have to be able to get some new form of a, a user behavior has to change. People have to not get used to things like P2P to still be able to uh, transact. But generally, generally, I think going forward, uh, from the side of the CBN, of course, when we look at what the CBN has done, we don't think it's a positive step, right? Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, you know, as uh, crypto service providers, I kind of say, okay, yeah, we, you know, yeah, we, we kind of need needed this to kind of open our eyes so that we're not just sleeping and, you know, just waiting for anything to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So more engagement with um, stakeholders and, of course, you know, building to be resilient and, of course, thinking, uh, thinking of be serving just beyond uh, Nigeria as well as um, service providers. So I think, you know, when you think about it, it looks totally bad, but it has a lot of um, silver linings. 
Mm. One thing for sure is every time the CBN does something, I feel like it makes founders, you know, think outside the box, <laughs> you know, and be ready because you know that they can come anytime. So you're not sleeping mm. and you're, you're always on mm. your feet making the next move because you mm. know you're in Nigeria or Africa and anything can happen. Well done. True, thank you. We dread Fridays because of the CBA. <laughs> <laughs> because that's when they drop the circulars. <laughs> yeah, Friday memos. <laughs> we hope soon that they would make policies that would actually, you know, support the tech yeah. founders who are doing amazing work. But then Hopefully. given that cryptocurrencies are not legal in Africa yet, because it, yeah. is not it is not recognized as a legitimate form of currency, why should anyone yeah. care about crypto? Yeah, so first, you know, if if we're being totally contrarian, right, we'll say that you don't actually need any form of blessings from, you know, governments, which is like, which is like a core principle of behind building cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, right? So, you know, I gave you ex examples of... Uh, e-currencies that were there before bitcoin right mm -hmm. and one thing they all had in common was that governments could shut them down whenever they wanted to mm. right but bitcoin doesn't need all of that now truly is truly you know there are a lot of people that wouldn't touch something if the government doesn't say this is good right mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> is this legal i cannot touch this you know and all of that um what i would say is there are a couple of things that are fundamental to us as humans, right? So, you know, you, you might have heard things like um, the separation of the states and religion, right? So religion is very dear to us, right? If I'm a Christian, if I'm a Muslim, you know, my religion is very dear to me. I don't want, I don't want someone messing with my religion, right? Mm -hmm. And all of that, like, it's dear to me. When you think about our monies, they're also dear to us to a large extent, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I worked hard for this money. Exactly. <laughs> yes, and to a large extent, you know, it's personal to me. But if you think about it, government, government doesn't really have a lot of power over religion today, right? There's mm. the freedom of worship and everything. Like, I can choose whatever religion I want to, you know. But when you think about money, government still has a monopoly on money. Mm -hmm. right yeah. now over time over time we have seen that we can't trust politicians we can't trust the government to properly manage our money right mm -hmm. but we never had an alternative mm. because think about it when you see the price of rice today the price of beans today check the difference with even five years ago it's mm. crazy. But <laughs> Let's not think about it. <laughs> yes. Mm. But your income, even if... if <laughs> please. Your, your, your income is not increasing. Mm. But the price of things keep on increasing. Right? Preach. And let's say someone... Let's say a, an economy like us that is more of a consumer economy, we import a lot, right? And these imports are paid for in US dollars, right? Yeah. So the the um the purchasing power of our currency against the us dollar always matters right mm. now let's talk about it 10 years ago what was it was it not like 150 naira mm -hmm. 120 
and all of that. Today, how much is it? Clocking like 500 naira. <laughs> right? I'm so crying in naira. Is, uh-huh. So what it means is if someone had 1 million naira sitting in the bank mm. from like 2010, that 1 million naira would have lost, say, at least 50% of its purchasing power today. Yeah. That's crazy. You didn't even do anything with the money. You're just sitting there. <laughs> But because of government policies and whatnot, it's going, you know, it's just... So how do you protect yourself from that? You have an obligation, right, Mm -hmm. to make sure that your hard work and your sweat is not wiped away by the decisions someone makes, right? Mm -hmm. That's the core part of sovereignty. Without Bitcoin, without cryptocurrencies, we never had that. But now Mm -hmm. we have cryptocurrencies that allow us to do that, that allow us to take control over our own uh, Mm -hmm. money. Right. So it doesn't need to be legal because when when you have to wait for them to say it's legal, right, then it has to benefit them. They have to see how it benefits them more than you. Right. Mm. They don't care about you. That's the reality about it. So do you want to take, you know, this into your hands or do you just want to continue letting the government run things for you? So that is why we should care about it. Right, we should care about it because they'll keep on doing this. We can't trust them uh, Amazing. forever. <laughs> Amazing! Yeah. You have basically given us a question to go and ponder about and think: yeah. Do I want this government to keep playing with my money? Okay, thank you very much. Um, so, with your expertise in the industry, do you see cryptocurrencies disrupting the financial institutions to become the future of money? Should banks be running? <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, in my conversation with a lot of bankers, right, I don't think they understand how, uh, they, they, don't, they don't, it's like, you don't know what is coming, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's about to happen. I think they should be worried. Mm. Um, I think they can be, you know, crypto can disrupt them, not immediately, right? Mm. But kind of in the long run. And, um, why do I say so? Uh, you and I today, it's very likely that we use fintech applications more than our bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, maybe salary comes in, it comes into your bank account, you've moved it into all these your different fintech applications. Maybe you buy airtime from here, you invest in crypto here, you do stocks here and there. And, um, I don't know when last you walked into a bank, into a banking hall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our parents probably still do a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure, you know, the a lot of us people. will do that. Yeah. Now, there's this change that is coming where we do not want to do those things, right? Now, crypto, worst of all, is just flipping the whole thing on its head. Think about this. I can set up a Bitcoin wallet without having a bank account. Mm. And that Bitcoin wallet allows me to transact with anyone anywhere in the world. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Now think about think about a 16-year-old that just got his or her phone. And let's say they have a TikTok account and they are kind of an influencer and say people are paying them in crypto hmm. from all over the world. <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then this person is able to use that crypto to buy airtime, you know to buy other things online and whatnot. Hmm. Tell me what the person needs a bank account for. Nothing. 
you, you understand you understand yeah. so and that person will mostly relate with their peers right so even if they're sending money they relate with their peers so their peers are also doing crypto so what it means is if you're crypto savvy and i'm crypto savvy i can afford to pay you in crypto right and it still makes sense to you mm-hmm. if i'm a freelancer and someone works in the us and sends it to me and you know i kind of do it so when you look at it from that lens that africa is you know more africans are going on the internet mobile penetration is increasing right and the world is more and more just becoming more of a global village right then cryptos make sense then it means it's going to be able to flip the banking system now see things like DeFi that people talk about decentralized finance right your bank how much do they give you as interest when you keep money with them maybe less than in fact i don't know if it's up to one percent that's we don't take charges so. <laughs> don't forget that's if the money in that account doesn't even become minus for mm-hmm. banking tell charges. me about it <laughs> yes but centralized finance allows me to sit down in my village somewhere maybe in sokoto right mm-hmm. and hop on the internet buy some tokens stick them somewhere right with other people around the world and earn maybe 10 20 percent on my money mm right yeah so it flips it i needed my bank to give me loans but banks like to give loans to people who can prove that they do not need those loans right <laughs> well with crypto i do not need to do that so if i have bitcoin today i can take a loan using against using my bitcoin as a collateral right mm-hmm. i don't need to uh you know go to the bank to do all of that so i really think that that's a high chance what i feel is over time as these banks are evolving, as they're having more young blood coming in there, right? It's mm-hmm. either they fight or in a way they try to work together to also tap into the uh, space. And then every fintech right now will become like a crypto company, a mix of both. Mm-hmm. And every crypto company will have a mix of some kind of fintech. Like we're seeing in the US already that they're trying to allow their banks to participate in the crypto uh, economy. You see Visa Network, you see MasterCard, they're already trying to hop on it. Yeah. Right, so they already understand that if they do don't do anything about this, then it's going to disrupt their whole uh, model. Mm. Wow! Yeah, it's been insightful talking to you. I'm just here, like, oh my god, I didn't know that. Now I know. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so, right. to round up, do you have any yeah. advice regarding the use of crypto for anyone who is probably new and still looking at everybody? Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> what are your advice? <laughs> I think I think so. The first thing is um, don't take a loan to get into crypto, right? Mm. Uh, don't take a loan hoping that it's gonna you know fly and then you buy crypto. And if you're trying to get rich quick, right? If you're trying to make some quick money, then don't do crypto. Mm. Okay, <laughs> don't do crypto. Uh, the chances that you lose are much higher than you gain. The truth is. People post their wins on Twitter or Instagram more than they post their losses. Mm. So if you follow the hype, you might lose. What I advise is when you think about this, think of it with a long-term mindset, right? Mm. Can you buy this gradually, you know, until, you know, for like a year, two, three, four, five, ten years, right? Mm. Um, don't, don't do that. Also, if don't use money that you can't afford to lose, right? If, you are earning say 50k don't take 40k if you, if you have other things don't take 40k and dump it into crypto right mm. maybe just do maybe like a 5k or a 2k or something something negligible right mm. just gradually 
build your own stash. Don't rush. Uh, it's still early days. If you are thinking it's too late, no, it's not too late. It's really still early days. I can assure you of that. Not of the 1% of Nigerians still hold, hold crypto. So when you think about it, it's like you're still in the internet days back in 96. It's not too late. Mm. And you do not have to buy a whole of a coin, right? Even if it's Bitcoin that is like the most expensive, the most valuable, you can still buy 500 naira, 1,000 naira worth of it. And most importantly, invest in trying to understand the space when once you put your money so that you are well informed about whatever you have your money uh, in. Thank you. I mean, like, I think I've said thank you about five times. <laughs> well, that's because every time you keep dropping gems and it just makes me understand so many things. Now I know that, okay, I can actually do 500 naira, 1000 naira to get the gold. Yeah. So I'm just sure. going to say sure. once again, thank you very much for coming through for this insightful conversation, Bernard. It's, it's been amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's been an honor talking to you. Okay. <laughs> And I am sure that to anyone listening, it has been an interesting time talking with Bernard Para of Bitnob. I hope that you found this enlightening and educating. If you love what you've heard, please don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your family and friends and foes. <laughs> and of course, if you like to still talk to Bernard, you can follow him on Instagram. You can re research on him on LinkedIn. His name is Bernard Para of Bitnob. And you can probably follow Bitnob as well to know more about how you can tow in the crypto space so you're not left behind. Also, if you've got a note for us, please send it across on WhatsApp to 0913-558-1733. Use the country code if you're outside Nigeria, plus 234. Or send an email to podcast at africatechradio.com. Remember, I am Jessica Fortunes. Talk to you next week on What the Tech Africa. What the Tech Africa podcast powered by Africa Tech Radio.